0: all right it's good to see you today welcome to our thursday edition of our journey through scripture my name is philip thomas pastor of journey here in elgin and i uh, hope that your week is going well i'm getting ready to celebrate the fourth of july this is coming monday and hope you're you have a wonderful weekend uh, if you're in the elgin area we finally got a little bit of rain and uh, this this week and so uh, ho- hopefully we get a little bit more and and maybe it won't be quite so dangerous to uh, shoot off some fireworks, but uh, we are going to continue uh, going through our chronological journey through scripture, and uh, today we're going to read Habakkuk, uh, so the uh, prophet Habakkuk, and then we're also going to read in Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 26, 7 and 8, and 11 through 12. Um, So we will uh, read all of that uh, today. Again, we're trying the best we can to stay in a relatively chronological order. It's not, not, not perfect. We, we don't know, you know, sometimes it's hard to place exactly uh, where things happen, but it's, it's pretty close. And uh, I think it gives us a better picture. Now we are again, kind of uh, Josiah has now just passed away. We talked about how uh, his uh, son came into power, but then um uh, because Josiah had gone after Egypt that's how Josiah died then Egypt uh, took uh, his son and uh, in exile into Egypt and then installed the second son as uh, as king so basically uh, you you're in a, a bad position there Jeremiah is going to specifically talk about that when we get to Jeremiah we're going to talk, look at uh, Habakkuk first, and Habakkuk writes in a time where all of this stuff is going on. So Assyria um, has caused so much problem, right? They destroyed the northern kingdom. They've caused all kinds of issues in the southern kingdom. Um, now the uh, Babylon is is going to wipe out Assyria, um, and then eventually it'll be Babylon that uh, then takes out the southern kingdom. And Habakkuk is kind of in this in-between time um, where uh, Assyria has been, you know, is receiving some punishment, but not fully and then it's be, they're being punished by Babylon who is also not good and so Habakkuk just has you know kind of some questions like I think many of us uh, have is like when are things going to be made right <laughs> right when when is justice uh, going to to come from God when is God going to uh, punish those who do evil um, so Habakkuk I, I think is is a very important book and one that gives us a lot of insight and it's it's answers that you may not be happy with but answers that are honest and answers that are true and answers that do promise that things will be made right. It just may not be done in the way that you would like them to be done. So Habakkuk starts off in uh, chapter one. Uh, he he asks two two questions. The, the first one is in uh, chapter one. It says, O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence and you will not save. Why do you not show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contentious, contention arise. Therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth For the wicked surround the righteous Therefore perverse judgment proceeds So interesting kind of how he um, is, is talking about what's going on around him What's happening in society and then the Lord uh, reply, "Look among the nations, watch, be utterly astounded. I will work uh, a work in your days which you would not believe, though it, though it were told to you. For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans, or that's the Babylonians, uh, a bitter and hasty nation which marches through the breadth of the earth." So, so he's telling. Habakkuk, that the Babylonians are going to be used, uh, to, to bring justice, uh, to the Assyrians. However, the Babylonians are also not, not good either. Uh, but God is going to use them and uh he he continues so so God answers this question uh that it it will happen um that God is going to make sure the Assyrians um that their evil is uh held to account then you get to the second question, uh, and uh, verse twelve, uh, really b- verse thirteen. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil, and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously, and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no rule ruler over them? And so again, he's asking these questions: Why do you do this? Why? Um, why are we suffering? And Habakkuk, I think, represents kind of what many of the people um, were uh, back then, is they were just uh, experiencing the ramifications of the leadership uh, that were turning away from God. There were a lot of the people who were still faithful to God, but yet they, uh, they felt the impact of a, a nation that was falling away from God. Um, and, and so it's, it is easy for us to ask those questions. Why is this happening? Um, are, are you not doing anything Lord? And, uh, then in chapter two, verse two, it says, then the Lord answered me and said, write this vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie though. It tarries wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So what that's saying is, okay, Habakkuk, I know you want this to happen in your own time, but it'll happen in my time. God's saying, and it, it, it will not tarry. Eventually it will happen. Right. But you just need to calm down. He said, the just. You're saying that you want to be just. The just will live by faith, right? And, uh, it, it, it's, it is kind of a, a pushback against Habakkuk, uh, but it, it's not, it's not a full rebuke. It understands why Habakkuk is struggling and wants these a- answers. But the reality is, is sometimes we don't see the the answer that God is, is going to give. Sometimes we're not going to see how God will make things right, but he will. And if we are going to be just and we're going to be faithful, we should live by faith. And then God goes into uh, uh woes to the wicked and you can read there through uh chapter 2 um woe to the wicked um all the different things that the wicked do that God will uh hold them to account. And then chapter 3 is a prayer of Habakkuk in response to this. It says, "O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make it known in wrath, remember mercy. So Habakkuk is kind of stepping back. He's like, okay, I wanted you just to come in and, and uh, take care of things. But when he gets a glimpse of the Lord's true wrath, whenever the Lord lays out uh, what it will look like, he says, oh man, in, in, your, in your wrath, remember mercy, right? He, he is recognizing God, you, you are going to handle it. and And I am in awe of your power. Um, and uh, he, he goes goes forth and, and just starts talking about uh, the, the power of God, uh, his, his uh, wrath, how he does make things uh, right. And then uh, the verses 17, 18 and 19 um, are, are so important because again, they're written in light of all of this other stuff and in light of Habakkuk having these questions, of wondering, why things are working out the way that they are, that he's not seeing justice, that things are not going the way that he would want them to. but this is kind of his conclusion. and it's very important for us because the reality is is none of us will fully or well, unless the Lord comes again, we're not going to fully see the uh, uh, justice prevail. you know we'll see glimpses of it, um, but things may not get better, things may not, Go right. Um, but this is the conclusion that Habakkuk has. It says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the laborer of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. Um so what is this saying? It's acknowledging there in uh, verse 17 that things may go really poorly. Things may not go right and life may be difficult. It says, but I will still rejoice in the Lord because our rejoicing in the Lord, if it's based on our circumstances, then we're really not rejoicing in him, right? We, we can rejoice in the Lord no matter what our circumstances may be. It says, I will joy in the God of my salvation, not find joy in his circumstances, but find joy in the God who gives him salvation. Not only that, the Lord is his strength. So even as things are falling apart around him, that he relies on God for his strength and that he will make his feet like the deer's feet. A, de- a deer is agile, a deer is quick, a deer adjusts to its surroundings and can, can navigate. Um, and he says he will make me walk on my high hills, right, that he gives us a sure footing even as we walk through the difficult circumstances. I think Habakkuk is is a very relevant book uh, for our time, because as we look at what's going on in the world, um, it, it can feel like things are going going kind of crazy. Um, and there's so many different opinions, and there's things that are being called good that I believe are evil, and evil that are good. And so it's like, how do we deal with this? Well, we put our faith in Him. Uh, we rejoice in Him, not in the circumstances, um, and we rely on Him for strength and to help us navigate uh, the uh, the craziness of life. So, I encourage you to read through Habakkuk. Um, it's a great, great book. All right, as we. Uh, continue. Second Kings chapter 23, the end of it, uh, talks about uh, Jehoiakim. That's uh, who Egypt installs. It talks about how he uh, starts paying Egypt off or paying tribute to Egypt. He actually taxes the people to pay uh, tribute to Egypt. So now you have Babylon, who is up in the north, Egypt, who is in the south, and Judah is kind of in the middle, and they are, they are forced allies to Egypt, um, not a good place to be. And so this brings in Jeremiah. This is, um, Jeremiah chapter 26, and it's talking about this, uh, the same event. We believe, Uh, Jeremiah 26 and, uh, chapter seven through eight, chapter seven through eight is kind of the lengthy sermon, um, that Jeremiah preaches. He's, he's in Jerusalem and preaching at the temple uh this is where the the people really start to not liking jeremiah cuz this is when jeremiah uh starts telling them how bad things are going to get this is in about this time where the people are starting to uh, the political leaders are now uh putting uh, some trust in egypt and paying egypt and things are just going downhill uh in a hurry so uh jeremiah 26 um it kind of talks about this, this encounter, it says in verse uh, three, it says, uh, this is God uh, speaking with Jeremiah, it says, perhaps everyone uh, will listen and turn from his evil way that I may relent concerning the calamity which I've uh, proposed to bring on them because of the evil of their doings. And you shall say to them, thus says the Lord, if you will not listen to me to walk in my law, which I've set before you to heed the words, my servant, the prophet whom I sent to you, both rising up early and sending them, but you have not heeded. Then I will make this house like Shiloh. I'll make this city a curse to all the nations of the earth. So God is giving them another chance to hear, but he knows they're not going to, to hear. So he's, he's wanting Jeremiah to go and continue to, to, to give them that opportunity. Um, but he knows that, that ultimately they will not. Um, Jeremiah chapter 7 and 8 is kind of uh, the um, what Jeremiah uh says to to the people um he says uh, verse 4 of chapter 7 do not trust in these lying words saying the temple of the lord the temple of the lord the temple of the lord are these what's he talking about there he's talking about how the people think that because there's the temple in jerusalem and because the god has made these promises to them that it will always be good that okay we can do whatever we want god has promised us this land and jeremiah is saying um no this was a covenant you're breaking your end of the covenant um it continues on verse uh uh, six if you do not oppress this or uh says for if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor if you do not oppress the stranger the fatherless the widow do not shed innocent blood in this place or walk after other gods uh then i will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that i gave your fathers forever and ever Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. So that's what they're doing. They're not trusting in God. They're not following his commands. They are trusting in lying words that cannot profit. Um, it says, uh, uh, you will steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, walk after other gods whom do you do not know, and then come to me and stand before me and call on my name. Uh, has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves and thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I have seen it, says the Lord. You may recognize that phrase from when Jesus says it whenever he goes to the temple as well. Um, continu- continues to talk, you know, go, go through. I just encourage you to read this. It's condemning the people. You know why the people don't like hearing this. Um, it says, um do they provoke me to anger says says the lord do they not provoke themselves to the shame of their own faces um he talks about his his anger um verse uh, 28 says so you shall say to them this is a nation that does not obey the voice of the lord their god nor receive correction truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth it's interesting truth has perished uh, they no longer are seeking the truth um, it continues, it uh, says, for the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, says the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name to pollute it. And they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the sons of Hinnon, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my heart. So they have actually started practicing child sacrifice. We've seen that uh, before. Uh, that so many of the pagan religions uh practiced uh child sacrifice and now even um there are some who practice uh that uh, as well so you continue to to go on uh the last part of Jeremiah chapter 26 um uh, has where uh, Jeremiah is seized and they want to to kill him it says uh Then uh, verse twelve, then Jeremiah spoke to all the princes, all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city with all the words that you have heard, now therefore amend your ways and your doings and obey the voice of the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent concerning the doom he has pronounced against you. As for me, here I am in your hand, do do with me as seems good and proper uh, to you, but know for certain that it is uh, that if you put me to death, you will surely bring innocent blood on yourselves in this city and on its inhabitants for truly the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. They kind of have this conversation back and forth um uh you know about they probably don't need to do that, you know, that that there's been other prophets who have uh said things that are that they don't like. So let's just let Jeremiah uh have his have his say as well. Um, Jeremiah 11 through 12, encourage you to read that again. It just reiterates the, how the covenant has been, uh, broken, um, verse, uh, seven, the very end of verse, uh, seven, uh, it says, obey my voice yet. They did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone followed the dictates of his evil heart. Um, and then, uh, Jeremiah chapter 12 is kind of a lament, um, the, of Jeremiah, uh, just lamenting to the Lord says, righteous. Are you Lord? Oh, uh, Oh Lord. Whenever I plead with you, you let me talk with you about your judgments. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal treacherously? You have planted them yes, They have taken root. Uh, they grow. Yes, they bear fruit. You are near uh, in their mouth, but far from their mind. All right. So uh, um, he's saying, why is it, why are these leaders doing this? Why why are you allowing this to happen? Um, verse 14, thus says the Lord against all my evil neighbors who touch the inheritance, which I have caused my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them out of the land and pluck them out of the house of Judah among them. Then it shall be after I have plucked them out, I will return and have compassion on them and bring them back everyone to its his, his heritage and everyone to his land. So again, God is just reminding, I will take care of this. It will happen. Um, but sometimes it's it's easy to get dismayed, to get disheartened, uh, but that's whenever we have to remind ourselves uh, of who God is, that God uh, is the God of all time. Uh, he is not the God of just this moment. He is He is present with us in the future going forward, and our timeline is not God's timeline. And so our role is to remain faithful, to rejoice in Him no matter what may come. All right, so... I encourage you, uh, to, to read as we continue on, uh, read Jeremiah 46 and 47, uh, Jeremiah 13 and 18. Um, let's see, tell you what. So yeah, Jeremiah, uh, 45 through 47, sorry, Jeremiah 45 through 47, uh, Jeremiah, um, 15 through or 13 through 18, um, and Jeremiah 36. All right. So that's, uh, Jeremiah, um, 45 through 47, 13 through 18, um, and, uh, chapter 36. All right. So we will see you on Tuesday. Hope that you have a wonderful 4th of July and celebrate the, the freedoms that we have uh, in this country, um, but ultimately our freedom comes from only one, and that's from God. All right. Hope to see you next Tuesday.